Hello, my love, and welcome to this messy, beautiful life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain, body, soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken, because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go. Hello, my love. I am back today with another wonderful guest episode. Today I'm talking with Chelsea Webster and we're talking all about the topic of personal power. Now, personal power is something that I'm so passionate about talking about because I don't think we talk about it enough. And it's something that can often sneak up on us over time where we gradually give away our personal power, where we don't know what our values are, we don't know where our boundaries lie and so we hand over decisions to other people and let them guide who we are and how we show up in the world, the way that we make decisions, uh, the often the fact that we prioritise other people's needs over ours. So Chelsea and I in this episode talk all about personal power, how you can recognise that you might have given yours away. We talk a little bit about childhood trauma, where it comes from, and most importantly, some things you can do to actually support yourself stepping back into your personal power. In addition to what Chelsea talks about, I wanted to also let you know that I have a personal power affirmation meditation available. If you go to the link in my bio on Instagram or check out the link in the show notes below, you can download that for yourself and listen to it anytime you need. All right, without further ado, I will hand you over to the episode. Hello and welcome back to this messy beautiful life the podcast i am back with you today with another fabulous guest episode today i am talking with chelsea webster chelsea is a mum of two and has had a career as a nurse so about 20 years in the healthcare industry she now works with and empowers frustrated burnt out and overwhelmed women to uncover and eliminate their limiting beliefs and emotions hello chelsea Hi, Erin. Thank you for having me here. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I think you have got such an incredibly diverse background. You've come from a nursing background and now you're working in this space. So please tell us a little bit about that and the work that you do. Sure. So I still nurse. I'm in Melbourne in um, Victoria and we everybody knows the situation that we've had over the last few years. So yes, we've, I live um, that. <laughs> You live that too yeah. and then you escaped. Escaped. <laughs> you escaped. Um, so what I've found is that I think now that we've come out of that situation, not so much in hospitals still, but um, everybody is now still trying to find their place and remember who they were beforehand. But also um, I think it's brought up for people the importance of what they actually want to do, what they um 
haven't been doing in the past and and where they want to go with life. But anyway, that's another story. Um, mm, no, but, it's about- so, but it's so important. I think the last few years have been tough and it's been yeah know, they have and unprecedented times and all of that um but yeah it's, it, no it's so interesting happy to go off on any tangent like that that's, that's very <laughs> relevant <laughs> no but it's also um I think that's when I don't know about you but you started to realize really what was important to you and I um and I know a lot of health professionals would say they were one of the lucky ones because they got to get out every day we weren't mm. stuck at home um, but then you start to realise now, hang on, was I one of the lucky ones? Just because I got out, it it was tough. Um, and this is not a why with me at all. No, I, I was actually I quite pr- protected and I um, I had fun doing swabbing shifts and vaccinating <laughs> people because I really got to um, help but also communicate with people. So I know that sounds ridiculous that I had fun doing that, but I did. It was really um being able to be around people and everybody was coming together. So um, anyway, that's that. So, yes, mum of two teenagers, 16-year-old daughter, 14-year-old son, and if anybody has teenage children, they know exactly the pain that I'm going through right now. (laughs) One's in year 11, one's in year 9. Yeah. It's it's fun. I was just saying to a friend yesterday, it's so lucky that, like, you have the, I can't even imagine looking after teenagers at this stage, like my daughter's still so young, right? But it's so lucky that you go through that phase with them together. So by the time they get there, you know what to do, supposedly, because I would have no idea what to do right now. (laughs) Don't worry, Erin, I still have no idea what to do. And it it changes, I wouldn't even say on a daily basis, I'd say on a minute basis. Yeah. Um, And the youngest has, he has autism and a few things, very very savvy young man um, mm. and knows how to play it. And that's part of the problem. But um, <laughs> it's a single mum of two and we're, we're putting it all out there, aren't we? <laughs> and have had, you know, a bit of a, I'd say, colourful um, colourful relationships that haven't been the best. So uh, probably I would openly admit played the victim and the blame game for quite a while and t- wouldn't take responsibility for me being in those situations. Mm. So um took a little while to work that out that if I wanted things to change I had to make that change and I had to um, have the courage to to get out of things so yeah that's pretty much me Mm. (laughs) but that is that is so powerful isn't it I think those that that moment when we do realize that you know the shitty things that have happened to us although they're not our fault that we have a part to play in that you know, and yep. it's a really fine line of not, you know, spiritual bypassing or like any of that kind of stuff too, but just taking real responsibility. Okay, what part did I play in this? Because any kind of situation or any kind of interaction, the consistent thing in it is us. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so and it's hard to admit that. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk about yeah. messy, messy, beautiful life. But yeah, like and it's um, it's interesting we... even. Sorry, very messy, beautiful delay. life. <laughs> no, sorry, I keep talking over you. You talk, and then I'll. Talk. No, no, no. It's I think we've got a little bit of a delay, which is totally fine. No, I just think thank you for sharing that. You know, that's part of the things that I love about this podcast is that you know I talk to people who have expertise in certain subjects, but inevitably we all have our own history and our own journey of 
the messiness and the beauty and all of the things that got us here. And I think that's one of the things I love sharing in this podcast is that because we are still doing the work or because we acknowledge that we've had challenges doesn't mean that we're broken and doesn't mean that we can't help and support other people Mm. as well. Absolutely. And I think um, that's where I've realized where I can help other people because yeah, I have, I have been through it, experienced it. And then also I've come to the point now and it may sound ridiculous, you know, you go through domestic violence and lots of other things and it sounds it's going to sound stupid but almost come to appreciate what mm. happened to now where i am um and it's it's not that you have to forgive or anything like that it's actually appreciating the lessons i have now learned and who i've become through it and um i've made some incredible friends and have new relationships with people that i would never have had mm. had i not experienced that and then got onto the other side absolutely losing a lot of people too um because they want to they want to keep you in that that little situation um where they they can come and rescue you Mm. and I don't I don't need rescuing yeah you can do that yourself yeah yeah so Yeah. yeah Oh, okay. So I think this leads beautifully into what we were going to talk about anyway. You know, this going from what you're wanting to talk to the audience about today is about personal power. And I think there's Mm. so much related to then what you've just said about, you know, not playing the victim or not being put in a situation where you need rescuing. So tell us a little bit about what personal power is from your perspective. Yeah, and I think it's um for me it has been and I look back now and I can see it from when I was quite a young age is allowing other people to kind of make the decisions and choices for me mm. or where my life was going to go and was I happy with it? No, but I allowed it to happen. Um, probably one, when you're going through violence to keep you safe and to keep those around you safe. But even prior to that, it was like I, I was choosing careers because that's what other people wanted for me to do. Yeah. I hated it. I was not happy, but it was easier to to go along with that. And I was really, and now I reflect back and I can see it, you know, to my dad he wanted me to do engineering so I started doing engineering did I like it no hated it but it was more I was giving my power away way back then um so it can be a simple thing of eating something just because somebody else wants you to eat that to going into a career that you hate or you don't really want like there's such extremes for it but I think um you you can start to see patterns and Mm. And you lose yourself because it's not who you really are, who you want to be, and you just become pretty resentful and miserable, to be fair, and those around you feel that. Yeah. So where does it tend to stem from? Like how does someone find themselves in a situation or why does someone find themselves in a situation where they're giving away their personal power? I think each person, it's different for each person and mm. it depends on the circumstances. So like I said, I think mine started when I was quite young. <laughs> don't yeah. think my dad's going to listen to this, so it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I won't tell him about it. Um, so I think, yeah, so for me it did start quite young. I think mm. for other people it can be when they're a little bit older and 
almost I, I do see this in friends as well when they're in a relationship that they want to please people. Yeah. So they, they're really that people pleaser. So instead of standing up for what they think or what they feel or what they want to do, they just give in. Mm. And I I know I did that for many, many years. There's probably sometimes still a little extent where I now will still do it, but I also then catch myself and go, hang on, actually, that's not what I want to do. And no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I would be very, very careful about what I said around people because I was really worried I would offend them. Yeah. They would reject me and then I'd be left with nothing. So it's almost like, oh, if I go along with what they want me to do or say or eat or go somewhere, they'll still be around. So I think there's a big element there, and this is just coming to me as we're speaking, yeah. that, um, that real big fear of rejection from people yeah. if you don't do what they want. So you hand over your power and you don't even realise you're doing it. Yeah, and I think, you know, I do a lot of work and, and you know, healing around, you know, childhood trauma. And I think, you know, mm. you mentioned you believe it sort of started in your childhood. I would suggest for most people it starts there. If we're not raised in a um, securely attached environment with good communication, with acknowledgement of emotions and feelings, that that's probably where it often starts with no, you know, kind of, hate for our parents because often they've yeah. done the, the best they can it doesn't necessarily mean it was big t trauma it may have just been little t trauma or not acknowledging those things and you know like we said before like you mentioned before about acknowledging cycles acknowledging parts that we've played mm. in these things those things then can tend to play out in our relationships in our adult life and we think mm. that might be where it stemmed from but actually when we start to dig a little bit deeper it comes back to how we felt valued or felt self-worth as a child. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, and you hate, like you just said, it's nothing against your parents. No. They're doing the best they can. And I, I look at my kids and think, oh, God, what am I doing to them? Um, <laughs> Every but, day I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just go, okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll be paying for you to get some kind of therapy. That's okay. Um <laughs> Or maybe I'll wait for them to pay for themselves like I had to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think really, like, for me, it was also not forging my own path. And even yeah. as an adult, I was really, my ex-partner didn't like a job I had because it embarrassed him. So he, he really made me feel like, oh, yeah, that's right, because it must, the um, title was embarrassing, even though it very good prestigious job mm. so I changed jobs even though I knew I was going to go into a an organization that was extremely toxic I left one that had a really good culture to a toxic one to please him I love the job now mm. it's still very toxic and that really um eats me up and I sit there and go I don't know why I did that like because he didn't like it Mm. Um, so it's amazing when you really look back and go oh I've made some choice and I have I made choices I made some choices not for me but for someone else because of how they felt and um, yeah wouldn't speak up about it Mm, yes yeah and I think you know 
<laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, it was a bit a bit um cut out, but you just said that you know you were making decisions for other people on the basis of other people and what would make them comfortable. And I think yeah. you know for anyone listening who can kind of relate to this, you know, you mentioned before feelings of resentment. So it might just be the first thing is noticing, of course. So you know, noticing. Oh, hang on, what Chelsea's saying is resonating with me. I do those sorts of things. I think it's unfortunately reasonably common for women to do this. I think it's particularly mm-hmm. common for mums to do this. You know, there's this, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's partly an internal thing, but I think there's this societal pressure that as mums we have to do all, be all. I mean, as a single mum you do, but, <laughs> um, but we have to do all, be all at the sake of ourselves, at putting ourselves second or last just to get everybody else's needs, needs met first. So if someone's sitting there and going, oh, yeah, what Chelsea's saying is res- resonating with me, I can see this as a pattern in my life, what are some of the things they can do to start to take back their power? And I think the first thing you did say then was to recognise it and you do mm-hmm. do work on it. You get that feeling and you know your your body won't, it yells out to you and screams to you yeah. if you put yourself back into a situation where you shouldn't be there or it does it's not right. So I I work with epigenetics and it's kind of you clear that and your body you you start to go into that situation. It won't let you, which is great, but it's uncomfortable. Mm. Um so I think yeah, listen to your gut feeling. Yeah. Um and I, I particularly seem to be working with a lot of women who they're going through life changes and I'm not talking just menopause, perimenopause, things like mm. that. I'm actually meaning yeah, separation, divorce, or their children are getting older and or they're losing their jobs or changing careers. And that's where they start to realise they kind of lost themselves and they've been living life for other people and they can't remember who they were or what they wanted to do. So I think for me... Um, some simple actions are what goals do you actually have and what's really important to you? Don't worry about everybody else. It's what you want. So um, looking at that, what matters to you the most and what values do you hold? Um, and I'm, and the values, are, it can be you just look at what really interests you, not so much, okay, I want integrity and I want this and I want that because when we look, we think about values, we quite often think about values that are like, um, I don't know, a company value. But you need to look at what your values are that you hold dear the most and it may be what do you like researching most? What makes you the happiest? What What is that? And then we work out what underlies that. Um. Another one would be is actually reflecting on decisions someone has made for you in the past and how did that go and how do you feel? So that way you can look at it and go, oh, yeah, actually I did go down that path and I hated it or I went down that path and I really liked it and then you can start to look at um, the differences there and was there anything you could have done differently if you just had to spoke up? So just reflecting on those things and then um Looking at back what's holding you back, what are you really worried about? Is it what people are thinking? Is it their opinions? Is that, if that, is that what's holding you back or is it you're just too scared to take that leap because it's a change mm-hmm. and change is hard? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those things are 
yeah, kind of little things that I look for. Um, but yeah, change is hard and not everybody's ready to make the change and you have to be ready to make a change because otherwise yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a big fan of like making small changes, right? So awareness yeah. is the first step, working through those steps that you've just outlined there, which sound really, really great and will help gain a lot of clarity. And then it's baby steps. You know, it's, it's yeah. I like call them like micro changes. So knowing that yes. you're going to mess up, and that's okay. You're yeah. not going to get it perfect. You know, sometimes you will give you'll, you know, you'll be so keen to not give away your personal power and then something will happen and you'll give it away <laughs> because that's what yeah. your, your brain is so trained to do. So you spoke a little bit actually about um, epigenetics. Can you just share a little bit about what that is? Because this is so fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So epigenetics is um, because I come from a health background and we, you know, Back then, it's kind of nothing changes. The genes you have is what you have and you can't change anything. But we actually know now that it can change. And the epigenetics is, um, so you look at the study of behaviour and environment. So the nature versus nurture, and it is real. So we, um, the environmental influences that can affect the expression of the gene, and it's getting a little bit technical, but that's okay. And so there's positive and negative, and it can actually change how your gene is expressed. So you can have negative influences from when you were little. Actually, it's even what we work on is not just the last few generations. We actually go right back to the start of your bloodline and then clear that mm. bloodline of these limiting beliefs and emotions. And it's um, it's amazing because you don't realise, I don't know about you, Erin, but I used to always listen to what my parents would say and I'm never going to say that I'm never going to behave that yes. way with my grandparents and then and then you find that you are especially when it's kids. you feel like I, I listen yes absolutely and I go I said I was never going to be that way and I am and I can't help it but it's these kinds of things just they do get passed along and mm. it's not to say that everything is going to disappear and you can get rid of everything but there are a lot of changes that you can make that not just clear your bloodline but actually help clear what's going on in the future and um it impacts those around you as well because they see you change and it's it's fascinating it's really hard to explain completely because I think it sounds a bit woo-woo and a bit strange and people go how can that that happen but um you can make permanent changes to your genes that will actually clear some limiting beliefs and emotions actually a lot of limiting um, emotions and beliefs once you start to realize what those ones are so it's just listening to words and then pinpointing what those words are that are really triggering somebody and then clearing it wow I mean I'm all for the woo-woo so I'm like I love it No, but I really do. I love when, you know, um, the woo and the science come together where yeah. like ancient practices that people have been doing for a long time start to get proven through, you know, modern science that there's actually legit benefits in doing it as well. Is it true yeah. um, that in addition to all of that, you know, kind of future focus work, that you can, you know, going backwards and clearing it and changing for the future, that epigenetics also somewhat explains why, two kids in the one family can have completely different experiences. One can be completely unaffected by the potentially 
dysfunctional things that are happening and another child can be incredibly sensitive to it and can end up with significant trauma because of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's where I guess the nature of it versus nurture, mm-hmm. even though they're in the same family, um, it it impacts each each person very, very differently. And I don't know if you've got siblings, but I know that my siblings, we've we've all come through with different issues to say. Like, you know, and I'm actually helping my sister work through some now. And she's got completely different things that I experienced and I've gone through. So it it does. It's different for every person but you can go and clear it and things that she's worked on are actually clearing for me too because it does clear the bloodline and it sounds really bizarre but bloody works Mm, I love it and I think anything that acknowledges our own individual humanness and the individual needs that we have is a good thing you know I think we've seen such a change in this last generation of everyone being raised the same, everyone being educated the same to now really having a such a deeper understanding of how whether people be neurodivergent or whether it be personal mm. preferences around learning and, and or personal sensitivities, those sorts of things. I just love anything that changes the fact that we all get treated the same because it's just not, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's right. And um. And that's, you'd be the same, you work with people and just because somebody has one modality doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Like everybody responds to something different. And yeah, the schooling system is a, that's a whole other conversation, Erin. We could have a chat for yeah, hours about that because so. I've got one child who thrives in in a normal and another one who, it's a struggle, but um, yeah. as smart as each other, but just yeah, it doesn't Different. doesn't work. It's unique. Yeah, you can't you can't put um everybody in the same category, which I think we have tried to do for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I de- and I definitely think I have such hope for our kids that they will have just such a different experience than than we did, even though we're still on that cusp of change. That's just my hope for them. Yeah. Oh, Chelsea, I have loved this chat. Um, I feel like we could go on for hours and hours and go off on many, many tangents. We may have to do a follow-up episode to talk about some of those other things. Um, before we kind of okay, get so. into winding down, I would love to know what truly brings you joy and when was the last time that you did it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think on the back of we've just gone through International Women's Week, um, it's actually seeing and giving women the courage and the platform to be themselves and to tell their story. And so I was extremely lucky through my nursing job to provide that opportunity for two amazing, inspiring women on Wednesday and have them present with me at a conference for healthcare professionals and just standing there watching them brought me absolute joy. I was so proud to see them up there because their stories were, particularly one, her story wasn't easy to tell and she got up there and did such an amazing job and inspired a whole room full of medical professionals and that's not her industry. And so that really brings me joy is actually seeing these women or women just get up and um yeah, step into their power. There you go. It's just mm. stepping into their personal power. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Oh, storytelling is so powerful. Um, just yeah. I think it's it's a big key to, to making change and, of course, you know, supporting women. And it's really nice. I know there's a lot of criticism around about pink cupcakes and International Women's Day, but I love that you, <laughs> that you had such a powerful experience and that, you know, there is so much value too in that that individual being heard in sharing that story. So, yeah, yeah. And sharing. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's amazing, isn't it? You just stand there, and you, I was in awe. So, um, yeah, it was great. Mm, beautiful. So, how if people have listened to this episode and they're like, "I want more of Chelsea Webster," where will they find you? And um, yeah, what's the best way to get in contact? And if you have any offers or anything currently going. Yeah, so they can go to my website and we can book in for a, I say a 15-minute clarity call or we can extend that anyway because I normally would just keep talking. <laughs> I'm not very good at keeping it to 15 minutes. Um, and then we can have a chat through there. So I'm currently looking at three different packages that I'm um, providing. One is if somebody wants to, to work through the epigenetic side and we go through that. Um, there's another one where it's they they just want to get results. There's an area of their life they really want to get results in and we'll do an eight-week program with that. And then there's another program that I've just created where it's going to combine both. So we'll get rid of those limiting beliefs plus get those results and really make it a full package. But I think it's really important to know, Erin, that um, I won't work with everybody and that's not to say that I'm being um, elitist because I think not, not everybody is ready for it mm. and not everybody actually wants the change so um but also I might not be the person for them yeah so that's why we have a chat and we work through things and then see is it going to work for you is it going to work for me are we the right combination so um yeah they can go to my website which is createyourglow.com um and they can email me at chelsea at createyourglow.com I had to think then um and yeah and we can just have a chat and go from there and see see what happens beautiful yeah and I think I mean that's not I don't think that's elitist at all I think that's um responsible you know I think it's about it's such an important thing to get the match right and there's no point doing the work with somebody if you feel like you're not going to be able to be the right person to support them or they're not in the right place so um sounds yeah. like the clarity call is a really good opportunity to kind of do that so brilliant yeah. so all of those Great. details will be in the show notes um thank you so much for joining me chelsea i really enjoyed this chat i think personal power is something that is not necessarily something we talk about more broadly it's something i've started exploring a little bit more recently and it's kind of something that creeps up on you as you said but taking note of those things like resentment um like you said feeling it in your body when when you're doing something that goes against your intuition mm. are all such important first steps and then just being kind and working through some of those steps that you you shared with us as well so thank you so much for joining me thank you it's been it's been fantastic and I think we could have talked for hours and hours Absolutely. and hours so it's great <laughs> what's going to happen when we stop hitting record people we are going to solve the problems of the world <laughs> See and we'll let you know at a later stage <laughs> that's right that's right um thank you so much for joining um you know what to do share this uh on your socials let Chelsea know I know what you thought of the episode and don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review until next time Bye.